I'm Laura Max Rose, mother of two, and you're listening to Look Ma No Hands, my candid dispatches from the front lines of motherhood. I ask the real, tough, honest questions on motherhood-related topics that we're all wanting to know more about, in hopes it will make everyone's journey fulfilling, easier, and more joyful. If you're not a mom, welcome. I want you to know how happy I am that you're listening and that these topics can be applied to any season of life. I'm grateful you're along for the ride. Welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. I am joined today by someone who I think is being contacted a little more than she's used to. Dr. Emily Jamia <laughs> is the relationship and sex therapist at Revive Therapy, who's been on our show before. Welcome back, Dr. Jamia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back. And yes, I have been contacted quite a bit lately. <laughs> well, it seems like every episode that I read, like that comes up in my alerts on my iPhone or on my, on my Facebook or on my Instagram is about the changes that are happening to relationships and to marriages during this quarantine as a result of quarantine. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm seeing like it's running the gamut from conversations about how um, so many relationships have never been stronger and people are talking about how can we carry what we've learned from the quarantine into our lives post quarantine, if that ever happens, which today, right. if you ask me, I'm starting to feel like we're just going to be I here know. forever. But uh, yeah, I have those days, right? Yeah, like, definitely. Oh, this was one of them. Um, yeah. Or, or like the opposite. Um, divorce filings are like overwhelming the, yeah. the attorneys right now. Um, right. We have lots of friends who are family lawyers and they're just like, everyone's filing for divorce. So I'm very curious to talk to you about that phenomenon that this is really, this quarantine seems to have really pushed couples into one of these two camps. Um, It's either magnifying, yeah, magnifying the problems or magnifying the good stuff. What do you make of that? And why, why is that happening that way? Totally. So, I mean, I have definitely seen the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to the effect of, you know, quarantine on relationships. So for couples who were struggling prior to quarantine, you know, when you go through any kind of crisis, it can totally exacerbate the underlying issues that maybe you were just so busy between work and family and kids and all of that, that you just didn't have time to address. And now couples are finding themselves under lockdown and faced with, you know, the underlying relationship conflict day in and day out. And so for them, the magnification has, I think, made some of them, okay, okay, we've got to take action, you know, to address this issue. And for some people, that means starting a divorce filing. Um, But I am as much as reasonable, as reasonably possible for these couples, I am discouraging people from making any major decisions right now. And the reason for that, what a lot of people don't realize is that when we are in sort of this hypervigilant fight or flight crisis state, our brain's ability for higher level cognitive function goes down. Okay. Because it's all about like putting the sense of, I got to put on all these fires. And when we're acting, you know, when we're engaging in other, with other people in that state of mind, it can really muddle our ability to make clear decisions. So, you know, there are those couples who, you know, this is just, they're past their breaking point. This is a straw on the camel's back and they're very clear about that. But for couples who are sort of ambiguous and now they're doing a little worse, I'm like, let's just talk about some coping strategies to get you through this time and wait until we're kind of on the other side before making a big, a big decision. 
So what are some of the things that you're finding? Like if somebody was struggling prior to the quarantine and now they're like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. Um, what, what kinds of conflicts are being brought to the surface in such a major way right now? So I think it's not so much the kind of conflict, but it's about people's um, different styles in resolving conflict. That is the theme here. So, you know, people who um, tend to shut down when there's a conflict may find themselves shutting down even more and withdrawing. Um, people who <clears throat> tend to want to talk about everything suddenly with all this extra time on their hands or just wanting to talk incessantly and it's almost like they're beating a dead horse when it comes to that style of um, conflict solution. So, you know, I think it's more that people's styles of resolving conflicts are being magnified by the stress that we're all under. Well, you mentioned that you're really discouraging, for the most part, discouraging couples who come to the conclusion that, you know, they're just over it um, to wait because we're really in fight or flight mode right now. Um, right. So for people who fall into that category, what are some ways that they can just get through this time, perhaps mm -hmm. a little bit more gently in a way that makes it manageable? So I still think if you're in a close relationship with someone, whether or not things are going good or bad, it's helpful to schedule regular check-ins, um, you know, and you can pick a time like once a week where you just simply check in with each other. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what is working. Here's something I'm struggling with. And you don't necessarily have to come out with any, you know, big conclusions or major change from these conversations. But I just think you know, kind of bookending a conversation at least once a week can help keep those tensions from feeling completely overwhelming. And then, you know, I know that a lot of us aren't able to see friends or have our normal, um, you know, enjoy our normal hobbies and that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I'm encouraging everyone and it's harder now because the weather's getting hotter, but to at least take a walk, um, outside to get some fresh air that can do wonders just for regulating the nervous system. Um, going just for a slow, steady walk can do a lot for people. So doing that, um, you know, if you live in a home where you have an extra bedroom, for some people, it's just about sleeping a separate bedroom so that you have that alone time in the evening. So, you know, it sort of depends on exactly what the issue is for your relationship. But I do think there are some strategies that can help couples just sort of, you know, keep the fire, the flames in the fire from getting too high. Well, I also think about perspective, right? So we're stuck mm -hmm. with each other. And if, especially for extroverted, there's no outside opinions really right now. I mean, you can call your yeah. friends, but you're not going right. on walks and lunch dates with other people. So you're kind of bouncing friend. off of each other. And mm -hmm. I think that just magnifies how important it is to make the extra effort probably yeah. to get perspective. Definitely. I mean, I am, as, like, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. We can't have our normal kind of social interactions, but, you know, we can use technology to try to, you know, talk with friends or, you know, therapists um, or other people who can help sort of give you advice or provide comfort or whatever. Um, you know, so it's like, I have some friends who I feel like I'm talking to a little bit more than normal because we're scheduling like, you know, group zoom sessions once a totally. week. And, you know, so I think that you can still reach out to people. It's going to be in a, in a little bit of a different way, but, you know, I do think it's important to 
somewhat, um, I think it was Esther Perel at the beginning of all of this said they shouldn't have called it social distancing. They should have called it physical distancing because yeah. as much as we can, we need to try to maintain a social connection, even if it's through technology. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also, you know, you're talking about these relationships that we're not, we're not, we, we should be calling it physical distancing and not social distancing because so many of us are connecting with our friends so much more often in some cases than we're used to connecting with them because we have to make that extra effort. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see like everyone is experiencing, we're all, we're all in this together, you know, we're all exactly. going through and this is bringing up different types of um, situations for all of us. I think there's a tendency when conflict arises, especially in a relationship to think, well, this means something's really wrong, but oftentimes mm-hmm. it's an opportunity, you know, if there is totally. something that arises and if you can rise to that occasion and work the, work that problem out, um, on the other side of it, you may end up actually being stronger. Um, in exactly. That yeah. And that's what I'm really encouraging couples to remember is that it's when we go through this, a crisis like this, and, and one technique I'm telling people, and this may help some, some of your listeners, is that it's helpful, I think, to externalize the problem, okay? So it's not like a you versus me, I'm right, you're wrong type of mentality. You're both facing an issue that you, like everyone else, has no experience facing. And so while it in some ways may highlight some of the conflicts that were already there in your relationship, it's also this this problem that is external from the relationship. And so I think that there is an opportunity there to talk about how you can maybe figure out a way to work together in the way you navigate this this brand new issue that unfortunately none of us have a model um, for how to navigate. No, no one is an expert here. Absolutely exactly. not. Exactly. And I think actually that can be such a relief. You know, the right. lack of expertise. Totally. <laughs> I've been doing totally. all these podcast episodes just trying to, I think, like curate information from different types of experts and people who are knowledgeable in areas that pertain to motherhood and marriage and, and mm-hmm. what we're kind of looking at right now under a microscope. But but really, we're all just trying to figure out what works and and nobody is the expert. And that's just kind of humbling and nice. Yeah, you know, we're all figuring it out. Exactly. And that's when we really have to just practice self-compassion you know, we are going to, all of us are probably going to make some little mistake on a daily basis. Um, but you can't beat yourself up over it because we don't know any better. I mean, we're learning new information every single day. And so, you know, you have to really be gentle on yourself and remember that this is something we're figuring out. And just as you're learning anything new, it's not, you're not going to be an expert in it at the very beginning. It's a process. So let's go to the other side of the, uh, the other side of the pendulum, if you will. Um, in a lot of ways, this has taken a lot of stress off of couples. Um, I know like this, there are some aspects of this. that reminds me like whenever my husband and I go on vacation, we come back and we're like, okay, this was so easy because we didn't have to worry about anything that like any of the pills, any of the crap. Right. And so we'll like take notes. What can we take with us? What can we remember so that we can incorporate that into our busy, hectic lives at home? This has been like this sort of extended version of that. And yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm gripping onto stuff that I'm honestly more nervous of ever having to let go of than like leaving behind, right? Yeah, it sounds like you can relate. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, yeah, for us, this has been a great reminder and, you know, that we need to 
slow down, you know, yes. I think you hear this like movement about the art of slow living and it, there's something to that. I mean, I think oh my we gosh. are all just so overscheduled, you know, overcommitted um, and burnt out without even realizing it. And, you know, I, so I work as a sex out. and relationship therapist. And so I, I work with couples all the time who like, feel that they have these really fulfilling lives and they've got their friends and their careers and, you know, their hobbies and their kids. And they wonder why they're too tired to have sex at the end of the day. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you pretty much didn't stop since 6am this morning, you know, what yeah. makes you think you're going to have the energy left over. So, um, you know, I do think it's a really great reminder that there are so many benefits, not just for your relationship, but also for the, your kid's health and just slowing down a little bit. Well, you and I were talking about this before we started recording. And I was saying that so the one of the biggest lessons from this quarantine for us has been like we pour so much energy into like giving our kids activities and making their lives great and really right. putting the focus on them, which is everything like it's almost like the opposite of what actually works. I mean, I, I'm so glad yeah. like my kid has these activities that she gets to participate in, but yeah. um, all we've really been able to do, I mean, everything's canceled. And so the focus is back on mom and dad. And I, I've never seen so clearly, like if mom and dad are doing really well, everything else is great. Like it is seriously the only, like if the top of the pyramid is thriving, everything else just seems to be like, our kids just seem so much more stable mm -hmm. and solid and happy and they don't care about the gymnastics and the ballet. And I don't think that the oh, world yeah. or the economy wants us to know that quite frankly. <laughs> right. But like so this true. is all of a sudden, all the things that we wanted from like just thriving and striving all the time are yeah. like, Oh look, everything's canceled and we're doing great. Like better yeah, than we've better, been ever doing. Better than ever. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we have yeah. this idea that we are enriching our kids' lives between violin and, you know, French <laughs> lesson, <laughs> lessons and gymnastics and all of that. And it's just what we're doing is taking away from what really is so crucial to children's development. And that is a nurturing stable family system. You know, we don't yeah. live in a village anymore where that was built in, you know, we live in, um, you know, we have our nuclear families, but because of the way we live our lives, we're just stretched so thin. And so they are not getting, you know, just that constant, you know, one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one or two-on, however many kids you have, um, attention, like, they, you know, were that were meant to. And so it's like, even with our own daughter, I'm seeing a huge leap in just her vocabulary. She's only two years old, just the, you know, the sentences that she's saying and the things that she's repeating and the way she engages with us is like night and day, you know? Oh from my, okay. So I, I thought that maybe like my three and a half year old was going through some sort of like developmental Growth, leap, but I, I have no. noticed, I have noticed the vocabulary increasing and right? I used to just be sort of like, I, I was so focused and, and I have, you know, I understand why, because I am a part-time working mom. So uh -huh. I had such an obsession with like the quality of the time that I spent with my daughter, like whenever we were together, making sure that like I was focused and able to be with her and we were doing something mm -hmm. fun and engaging and like really actually kind of seeing that, yes, that is important and that it has its place. But like, she's literally just been like existing alongside Ben and I, there really hasn't been that much of a focus anymore on like her having a craft or a special like Selma oriented thing to do. Right. And she's been happier than she's ever been. Um, 
I mean, I can't say that like she's getting a world class education at home because that's not what's happening. There's been a lot of Disney Plus, but um, she's yeah, like. But you know that yeah, we have to remember there are different kinds of education, and our emotional, or you know, we think of like intelligence quotient or IQ, but we can't forget our EQ is just as important, if not more important, than our intelligence quotient. And so I think the more just present we are with our kids the more we're able to provide for them emotionally this is what matters to them they just want to be with us and so there is a huge benefit um not just for their emotional benefit but it spills over into their cognitive development ultimately um, because it all comes down to having that secure attachment you know every that is the foundation for everything you know do you have and and essentially what a secure attachment is do can i trust that my primary caregivers are going to be there to meet my emotional you know physical needs and um you know even though a lot of us think of, of ourselves as good parents when we're just not you know when things are kind of inconsistent or that you're passing kids off from one caregiver to the other and then the nanny and it's just you know there's just not a whole lot of consistency with the people who matter the most and so by them getting that day in and day out it's going to give them the um the skills that they need to really take off once we get through this and and i don't think a lot of people realize that well so speaking of once we get through this i've had a hard time staying present knowing you know, we're, school will start again. We will be prompted to get back into a semblance of the rhythm that we were in before. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of things that are different, mm-hmm. but we will be going back to more of a schedule and more separation. And like, what do yeah. I do with this information that I have? Like, I can see my child looking, I mean, she just is having like a maybe one ninth as many meltdowns as she used to, which is the opposite of what I thought would happen. In the beginning, it wasn't like that. In the beginning, it was like a two week long meltdown. And then all of a sudden we hit an equilibrium. Um, But like, what do we, okay, now we know, all right, like the kids do really want to be with us most of the time, no matter what we tell ourselves. I mean, I know I've told myself quite the opposite many times so that I can get through working and being away from them. And like, okay, now what? Like I still have, I'm not going to stop working. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely been a struggle for me to manage my work while my kids are at home with me 24 seven. So totally. how do we carry what we've learned into our lives post coronavirus? So I think we are going to have to make some very cognizant choices and it may be that something little, you know, instead of having your kids enrolled in two activities, just enroll them in one activity per, you know, half a year or whatever, Um, you know, it may mean that you and your husband take the initiative to schedule more regular date nights, or it may mean that you, you know, the first Saturday of the month, that that is a sacred time for your family and that you are going to be, you know, do whatever you can in your power to be together, you know, for the majority of that day so that it, it carries over once we do get back into our, you know, kind of semi-normal routines. So I think that you you have to really first identify, okay, what's working so well about this? And then what change can we commit to moving forward? I think I've said this on another podcast episode recently, but my husband and I were talking about how, you know, before the quarantine happened, we were really out of balance. We were going so fast. Mm, Um, And now, you know, it's important to remember that even though there are things that we have really benefited from as a family in quarantine, 
um, we're still out of balance. We're just in, out of balance in the other direction. And like the real, mm-hmm. I, the real hope and the real goal is that once we come out of this situation, we're somewhere in the middle. Um, exactly. obviously we all, we all really miss things about our lives before. Oh, and yeah. like, I don't know about you, but I'm also terrified of going back to some things the way that they were before. So it's like, <laughs> how do you find, right? <laughs> I don't want right. to sit in traffic again for the rest of my life. I ever. know. I know. Ever. And hey, it may mean that, you know, for some couples, it, it means that they move closer to their job so that they don't have to spend half the day sitting in traffic. Maybe that's what oh, they yeah. take out of this. Um, well, I think also like working remotely, I mean, companies are seeing that, okay, this yeah. actually works and why are we leasing office space? And I think as a, for families, especially like we've worked from, I've worked from home like forever and uh-huh. Ben works for himself, but in an office. So he has like flexibility. And I have to tell you, like that has been such a huge gift in our lives. And right. if more people are going to have that, I think that's awesome. And I really hope that this is something that sticks with a lot of these corporations, especially for families, because it just allows for so much more flexibility. And I think that this is finally giving companies an opportunity to trust that their employees are still going to get the work done, even if they're doing it from home. And they're going to be happier and more productive if they you know, can cut out the hour and a half or two hour commute that they have to do every day. I mean, that is a game changer for a lot of people. Uh, And I'm thinking about speaking, I mean, speaking of commuting, like half of my relationship with my kids was taking place in traffic in the car, talking to them while I couldn't even see their face. Right. I mean, I just, I don't miss that. And I, I think about getting them to school and like, how can, I mean, ideally we won't have as much traffic when all of this kind of goes Mm -hmm. Back in full swing, you know, we'll see. Um, And you're expecting a new baby very soon. I am, yeah. Do with number two at the end of July. Such a what a time to be pregnant. I know it's like, as we were talking before we started recording, I I feel like at least I'm not having total FOMO this pregnancy because nobody's doing anything. So, um, you know, it's, it hasn't been the worst thing in terms of being pregnant, but then, you know, I think about when the baby comes and just the limited social interaction that's probably still going to be in place at that time. And for all the other new moms right now who are just, you know, can't, don't have the grandparents or the friends to come over and love on those new babies. It's just, Oh, it's it's really, it's, I think about that all the time. And I, I mean, this time in our society reminds me so much of like both of my girls, newborn phases, because Mm -hmm. just being isolated and stuck in my house. So if I can think of like any positive to be taken from it, it's like, okay, the whole, I've heard a lot of people who were grieving the loss of someone right before this happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a friend who's like, whose husband just tragically passed away right before the coronavirus hit. And she was just in like such intense grief. And and then this happened and she shared, you know, I know this might sound crazy, but going through this with everybody else has made it so much better. Mm -hmm. And like, just to know, like the whole world is like kind of in the state of grief right now. I feel yeah. so much less alone. Right. And, and I think uh, that, yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, anyway, I can totally imagine that. So you're doing a workshop right now. Um, yeah. From ordinary to extraordinary. So yes. tell me, okay. So your workshop is being offered right now and it's an online. It's, it's an, an online. Can- yeah. You can sign up and it's something that you do on your own time and at your own pace. And that's been sort of a silver lining for me because I've been wanting to move more of my material online 
for a long time and have frankly just been kind of lazy about it. So this and really pushed all me. The time, right? Yeah. I mean, this really pushed me to make that happen because, you know, I think it's, I've always wanted to get my message out to a wider audience and, you know, give people the opportunity to, you know, kind of learn at their own pace. And, and so, yeah, I created this workshop, which I'm so excited about. So even though the title is elevating sex from ordinary to extraordinary, it really is broader than that because it comes from the philosophy that this all starts from within. So each, each section, it's like a six week program. Um, each section begins by talking about what qualities to discover in yourself and then how to cultivate those qualities in your relationship and how that then spills over sexually. So I tell people, you know, forget what you've heard before about those standard tips, tricks, and techniques. This is, that is not what this workshop is about at all. It's um, not about it's, the how, it's about the, it's not like about the technicalities, if you will. No, 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 no. I mean, you can pick up any, you know, women's magazine for that. This right, is, and see all that, is, right. Right. This is way more qualitative and it's based on, you know, the latest um, sex research as to what constitutes truly optimal sexual experiences. So what makes, you, you know, for, a little preview, a preview Not of anything. what, what constitutes optimal sexual experiences. Yeah, so, so identify, I identify essentially five qualities. Um, they are, you know, how in touch with your senses you are. So just your general sensuality. Are you the kind of person to stop and smell the roses, enjoy the warmth of the sun on your face, that sort of thing. Your, um, your curiosity, <clears throat> your um, adaptability, which that's huge right now because we're all figuring out how to adapt, um, your vulnerability, and then ultimately the degree to which you can be attuned to your partner. Because, you know, when you're really well attuned to your partner, things feel like they happen a little bit more automatically, if you will. You can kind of let go and enjoy the ride. So, um, so those are the five qualities and each week is, you know, I, I dive into one of those. And I think the other thing that makes the workshop really fun is it's based on the premise that the, the, the greater the degree to which you're connected with these qualities outside the bedroom, the easier it is to access them inside the bedroom. I think a lot of people, you know, are, feel intimidated by the idea of like sex therapy because they think you're just going to dive right into sex, sexual techniques or something, but this isn't about that at all. It's, it's more holistic. Well, I like that. It's about really doing the work from the inside out because I think yeah. so much of what I can only imagine, like, especially in your practice, we've taken out all of this exterior and the surface surface level stuff. And we're just left with like the bare bones of life and each other. Mm-hmm. And exactly. it's so clear to see what was causing so many of us, so many issues in relating to right. each other. Like we were just too busy. Yeah. And overscheduled. And so much of what you just talked about was like, yeah, I mean, like if you can let go and actually have time to be with your partner, like these things start to come together so much more easily. You actually have like the time and space to process. Exactly. Um, to process them. So like, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's wonderful. And so how long is your course going to be available for? Oh, it's indefinite. I mean, it's, it's indefinite. It's, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's up and running. And so people can go to um, my website, which is emilyjamia.com and sign up. And I even created a little promo code for your listeners. Amazing. Yeah. You have $50 <laughs> off. If you're listening yes. to this right now, you use the code LMNH. 
Um, that's short for look, ma, no hands. You can enroll in the workshop and save $50. So, so many of us like we're oversaturating our kids with activities because that's what we feel like is the right thing to do as parents. That's almost like I kind of <laughs> no, no, um, no offense to anyone who's ever written a parenting book or parenting books because I know I've benefited from them a lot. But um, somehow I'm looking back at my life pre quarantine and I'm thinking every time I picked up a parenting book, what I really needed to be doing was picking up a me book like a book about filling up my own tank so that I could be so that I could feel better. Cause when I'm feeling better, my kids are doing better. And I think we almost have Mm -hmm. it completely backwards. We just like have it. We're, we're kind of talking about the difference between like a top down approach versus a bottom up approach. I think we are so kid oriented that we not only neglect ourselves through that process, but we neglect our relationships through that process as well. And to your point, what kids need are healthy parents and, you know, hopefully a a loving relationship. And so we have to really take steps to nurture ourselves and our relationships. And I think the quarantine is reminding people of that. Yeah. I mean, I look back and it's like our relation, our marriages or our relationships were meant to be like this sort of foundation for everything else we were doing in our lives. Like you get married and then you have kids or you meet someone and then you have kids Mm -hmm. and then you kind of like funnel them through all these activities. And you guys are just supposed to be really rock solid in like whatever three minutes you have to be with each other because you're both working like full-time jobs. It's completely unsustainable and backwards. And now we're in this reverse situation and it's like, oh, all these things I was reading all these books about, like how to be a more patient parent is actually just working right now because I'm not stressed out all the time. Right. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. That was the advice you were trying to give me. Right. And it just makes us realize that we have to slow down a little bit. I mean, I think it's essential and this has reminded all of us about how important that is. I think the big question for everyone is obviously, you know, we're in an unsustainable situation right now Our ideally, you know, as soon as things pick up again, you know, we, we need to have a running economy. We're not just going to be here unemployed or or not working and and sitting here um, indefinitely, ideally. So like, how are we supposed to carry? I I imagine like there's going to be so many efforts to bring us back into the state that we were in before. I mean, think about like consumerism and like, most families were going out on the weekend and just like going to Home Depot and buying stuff for their house. And like, we haven't been doing any of that. And so getting us right. back into that habit, there's going to be like a multi-billion dollar effort to get us back into those habits. Um, and yeah. how do we as people like really resist that and remember this? Like, what are some ways that we can really remember what we've learned in this time and carry it with us? So do you remember what I was saying at the beginning of our conversation about the importance of checking in with each other on a weekly basis? I mean, this is something my husband and I do and have been doing, you know, forever as our little Sunday night check-ins. And it's something I encourage all couples to do. And I think that in an effort to carry over some of the values and ideas and commitments that we've made to each other during this time that's the best way to hold ourselves accountable is like okay i noticed that you know your spending here has gone up a little bit more over the past week remember we realized that we you know didn't need all of these things when we were under quarantine let's have a conversation remind each other of that let's hold each other accountable i mean god i did a huge closet clean out (laughs) during quarantine and it was like my husband was like, you should be ashamed of how many That's you're so... realizing. Well, think you about how much like relationship stress has been eliminated oh, because yeah. 
we aren't consuming. And when I say we, I kind of mean women. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, like all the shopping, all of the shopping that hasn't been happening. And it's like, oh, you can kind of like start to see clearly and like have conversations that maybe aren't as like emotional um, about the about like our consumption habits, which I mean, I think as a relationship therapist, you're going to know this better than me, but like, aren't like a solid half of things couple fight about like couples fight about related to money. Yeah. 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 It's a big one. It is a big one. And so my hope is that, you know, obviously we need to stimulate the economy and get back into semi-regular spending habits. That's important. But my hope is that we'll be a lot more thoughtful of the, of the choices that we make. And that's where that sort of constant mindfulness comes in on a daily basis is, you know, I think a lot of us become kind of robotic. I mean, I don't know how many times I've, you know, just sort of been driving through Highland Village and I'll pop into anthropology real quick. And, you right, know, right. I didn't need anything. I mean, we're all guilty of that. And so, um, you know, my hope is that a lot of us will just be a, a bit more thoughtful about the things that we truly need. And, you know, ultimately about what really matters. It's, it's the quality time. It's the relationships we have. Um, I think that because of the limitation on some of our relationships, we realize that maybe we were taking some of um, that for granted, you know, that there are some relationships, whether it's with friends or aging parents or whoever that, you know, now that we can't see them as regularly, we're realizing, gosh, that's, that's a relationship I was maybe taking for granted and I perhaps need to nurture a little bit more. So well, think about um, what it is that we all miss, you know, like yeah. we don't hear people talking about, yeah. I mean, like we, most of us miss walking through target aimlessly, but besides mm-hmm. target, most of us really just miss each other. I mean, exactly. we we're you seeing hit that. the nail on the head. I mean, that is what we miss. We, we don't miss so much. Well, maybe some of us miss where we're dining out, but we miss who we're dining out with. Yes, um, it's the people. It's, it's not the, the same. Like, yes, the restaurants are open, but like, we're not all going to the restaurants yet. Like, it's still not the right. way that it was. And those are the things that most of us really miss. Like, we miss each other. And, um, you know, I have my mom has this friend who we used to joke. She was like really into yoga, but she was so frantically busy all the time. And she would talk about like getting in her yoga. Like, I have to go, I have to do like two classes today because I missed one last weekend. And it's like, isn't that yeah. sort of like the antithesis? Kind of of what, but I feel like we were all doing that. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. It's like the things we thought were enriching and nurturing our lives, we are so clear now is, is was not having really that effect. And, you know, it's like, how many times have you been out to dinner with a group of people and you look up and you see half the table is on their phone? You know, I right. hope. I really hope that, um, that that won't happen so much, that we're so thankful just to be sitting together at the same table, you know, sharing that experience that we'll be fully present in that experience. And our relationships are going to become, you know, more intimate and more meaningful. I also think about the way, like we've looked at screen time, like up until recently, up until the quarantine, the way that, um, I've discussed screen time with my guests is like something that we're all trying to avoid and like keep our kids off mm-hmm. the tablets. And like, we've all kind of had to let go of all of our expectations around that. Yeah. And most of us are like working solely from our phones so our screen time notifications are way up or like, we just have nothing else to do. And we've kind of like let go of this sort of shaming that we've been doing that we're on our phones all the time. And what I have found is like, yeah, we're all on our phones a bit more. That's like what I'm noticing or a sure. lot more because we're in quarantine. But when we're in, when we're interacting with other people or people in our family, like it's actually quite, it's actually like the opposite. We appreciate time 
where we can have FaceTime with other people. And that's sort of like morphing. Uh, most of us are seeing that we can do our jobs digitally and we don't have mm-hmm. to go into an office. So, um, yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, we, I'm really curious to see how that will change things. Exactly. Yeah. My, um, I did a social distancing hangout with my sister and her, her new baby. They came over and, you know, we kind of set up chairs in the backyard so we're six feet apart. And my mom, who doesn't live here, was like, girls, please FaceTime me so that I can see you guys, you know, all together. And I was like, no, I, I don't want to FaceTime. I just want to sit and visit with yes, my sister yes. and see the baby and just focus on that, you know? And so I hope yes. that that is also something that carries over. Well, we, we had that with our Passover Seder. Like a lot of people did like yeah. Zoom Seders and I was right. like, mom, I love you. But like, I just want to like soak this in. This is like maybe right. our only time we're just going to be with both of our daughters. And it's like the four of us. And I don't want to be like half in another room. I don't need to uh-huh. do like everything over, over zoom. Like, even though it's really cool. Um, I've like enjoyed just being really present with my family. So let's talk about another aspect of this, which is people who weren't in a relationship before quarantine started. Now they're like face to face with themselves. I know. Um, and so I've here heard from a lot of those people, like having a completely different type of experience. Yeah. Um, this has been so challenging for single people. I mean, humans are not meant to socially isolate. We are social creatures. And so, you know, especially for people who are single and living in cities where there is, you know, they just don't have some of the same kind of escapes, at least in Houston, there you can safely walk down most streets and not be close to other people. I mean, that's not the case in places like New York. Um, You know, there are places where people are really just having to stay in their apartments and this has been so challenging for them. Um, you know, but like everything else, it can be a good opportunity to, like you said, look in the mirror and start kind of doing some practicing some self love and working on yourself if that was, um, you know, an issue perhaps before. Well, I think a lot of people who are maybe like totally comfortable being on their own, like it's either made it clear to them that they really want to be with somebody long term, or mm-hmm. that they're really cool with just being on their own. Like I've heard people kind of say both things, right? Um, right. The, the loneliness has either really been brought home or like, wow, I'm really glad I don't have children. Like I hear, I hear yeah. both things all the time. Exactly. Um, I know. I think there are the people without kids who are like, thank God, I don't have to. Wow. Oh my God. My yeah. I've seen so many long. memes about that. Like, wow. Yeah. For all of you who like have been feeling bad that you didn't have kids, like bet you're happy. I mean, like, Hey, it's been, I will say like, I have looked at my friends who are single and like they're living in apartments or on their own right now. And like just the difference as far as like physical work exertion that I've been doing, like I have never been busier in my life. Like I've never had more, I don't stop. Like there's no, there's like five minutes a day to like maybe think about, think about life. But other than that, it's just like from when I wake up, until when I go to sleep. And, um, I think it's, it's interesting to see how people are experiencing this differently. Cause then on the other side of the spectrum, it's like, if you're furloughed and you're on your own, it's like, there's so much solitude. So we're all kind of like facing whatever it is that something in our life is being magnified. And, you know, it's not, it's not a balanced situation, but it's an opportunity for us to look at that and what we really want that part of our life to look like. Exactly, exactly. And for the singles, I also try to remind them that, you know, there's a difference between solitude and loneliness, you know, and it's so easy to feel lonely right now, because, you know, we're not able to be around other people, but most people are in solitude right now. So there's, you're not actually alone, if that makes sense. 
Um, right. You right. know, and so we have to remember that. But yeah, I mean, I have my days where I'm like, gosh, this just this couldn't suck any worse, but you know, I have to remind myself, I'm not the only one who feels like this today. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, isn't it funny how much we vacillate emotions during this time? Like sometimes I've never felt so grateful and other times I'm like, wait, is this ever going to end? Like, are we going to be okay? Is this ever going to end? Cause I can't do this anymore. Right. Right. I know. Yeah. I think for the people who do find themselves with a lot of time on their hands, you know, this is a great opportunity to, to learn something new or, you know, um, if, like I always get those ads for master class on my phone. I mean, there's tons of cool online classes that, you know, people can look into. And, um, you know, I think that this is an opportunity to, to find, to discover, I guess, a, a new part of yourself that perhaps you had disconnected from before or, or hadn't never gotten in touch with. And perhaps not to look at this as being totally temporary, but this is actually an opportunity to really change direction in some to area grow, of your life. Yeah. And yeah. To, grow, to grow a part of yourself that for various reasons you were unable to before. It doesn't have to be just a temporary change. It's, it's right. certainly like a bridge into what your life will look like when mm-hmm. this is all settled in. Absolutely. Settle down, I guess you could say. Well, thank you so much yeah. for joining us, Dr. Jamia. I love having you on the show. I know that so much of what you said is going to really be valuable to many people who are listening today. It's been a highly requested topic. And in case you missed it, um, Dr. Jamia's course is now available online on her website, which is, um, is it your name.com or is it Revive it Therapy? Is. It's my it's name. It's Jamia.com. And um, the name of the course is Elevating Sex from Ordinary to Extraordinary. If you'd like to sign up, you can use a promo code, especially for Look Ma No Hands listeners. It's for $50 off. And the code is LMNH. That stands for Look Ma No Hands. Thank you again, Dr. Jamia, for joining me today. Thank you for and, having uh, me. Thank you all. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. I'm Laura Max Rose. I'm your host. And um, we look forward to joining you again next time. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Look Ma No Hands. I'm Laura Max Rose, and you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Max Rose to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and the behind the scenes of my life with my own two daughters. If you like this episode and are enjoying Look Ma No Hands, the best way you can help me spread the word is to leave a review on Apple Podcast. This is the single best way to help me reach a larger audience and share these conversations with everyone who needs to hear them. If you love something you just heard, you can also take a screenshot of the episode and share it on social media. There might be someone you know who needs to hear what you just heard, and that's another great way to make sure they do. Thank you for joining me every week. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. More next time. Mama, mama, mama.